You get Summer Sarah today. Summer Sarah. <laughs> we had so many strong. We were you, and it was really you. You were amazing. I was the one who really blew it. But so everyone, I'm in Rhode Island for the summer. I'm in Rhode Island for the summer, and um, or not the summer, the month of July. It feels like the summer because I'm in Rhode Island for the month of July. For a lot of reasons, but that we don't have to get into. But um, and Jen was really great, and because I said the Wi-Fi here is going to be <laughs> really not great um, because I'm literally at the end of the earth in Rhode Island <laughs> for the month of July, and in fact the Wi-Fi is not great. But that's not what I'm going to talk about. And so Jen said, "Well, why don't we record all of July's episodes ahead of time? I had very we'll big record plans. Record all of the ads ahead of time. We were." also organized um and then we didn't because my whole world just went kaboom at the end of june and it's okay here we are uh so here we are you're getting summer sarah so that is why i maybe sound a little weird yeah that's all right i mean but i'm surrounded by every pillow in my sister's house (laughs) to just soften Um, soften the sound yeah eric's like how many corners are in the room i'm like it's a room there are a lot of corners (laughs) (laughs) Gosh, you, uh, yeah, listen, we try so hard, everybody. We do. We do. We try but Eric doesn't right. care for it. <laughs> well, you know what? What can you do? Sometimes you just have to sit on a big pile of pillows and record. Exactly. But everyone, um, welcome to Faded Mates. I'm Sarah McLean. I read romance novels and I write them. And I'm Jennifer Prokop, a romance reader and editor. And today, Jen, what are we doing? Oh, wait, before we say, yeah, I have something else I want to tell you. Okay, go ahead. So when you are out in the middle of nowhere and like, so I'm in a place called Little Compton, which is like very, very far away. And I, but a very, I mean, it seems like nothing would be far away. It's Rhode Island. It's not like (laughs) when you are from Rhode Island and anybody out there who's from Rhode Island will attest to this. Like it's 45 minutes from the top of the state to the bottom of the state, but no one ever travels that 45 minutes to give you an example. sort of example of this my sister has a home in providence which is the capital of rhode island yeah which is 40 minutes away from the house that i'm in right now and it is she has literally a second house here because it's just too far too far to go you know i I support you but i will say it's a place i'm sure you you understand this too you live in a place with like traffic yeah. I, I mean, sometimes I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll go out there. And people will be like, it's an hour and a half. And I'll say, yeah, I have gone an hour and a half and not left the Chicago city limits. Yeah. Because I've just Yesterday been she's stuck on the Kennedy. I was like, I'm going to go to the grocery store. She's like, that's 25 minutes away. And I was <laughs> like, that is the most Rhode Island thing you have ever said <laughs> in your life. Anyway, it's amazing. I'm really telling very like niche Rhode Island stories here. But if the you've only ever- kind that exists. Exactly. If you've ever, because Jen's never been to Rhode Island. I have never been. And many of you have probably never been to Rhode Island, because why would you come here? And the answer is, it is 80% coastline. That is why you would come here. It's beautiful here. Anyway, um, if you've ever been to the middle of nowhere in any state, though, you know that in the summer, it's really when all the towns really show. Yeah. Yeah. A quaint town really does it right in the summer. Yeah. And Westport, Massachusetts, which is literally over the state line, like 10 minutes from my this place that I'm in, um, has a 30,000 book book fair. Oh, yeah. really? It goes on for a full week, Jen. Listen, it's magical. That's how you and get next places, year, everybody. 
you're definitely coming for it. Well, remember, I had grandiose plans to come to Rhode Island this summer, but Brown University cruelly denied me. So I know. Yeah, well, their mistake. Exactly. They're terrible over there anyway. <laughs> no, Everybody, it's, it's Brown's fine. people from Brown. I'm sure they're lovely. all very nice. I applied for this National Endowment for the Humanities, like summer grant, which was all about war. And I wrote an amazing yeah. essay that was and basically like, novels. hello, I love romance novels and war. You should let me in. And for some reason, they didn't. I don't well, know. Well, they're they stupid because it's a great idea. Anyway, you should listen to the episodes that we have done where Jen talks about her theories on war, the Vietnam War and the rise of the contemporary romance and what's going on there. And it's, day, she's a genius. You all know day, she's a genius. She's one day a, they'll they'll be like, oh, you were you, we should have had you. I actually up until it started was like fully expecting them to send me an email that was like, oops, <laughs> please come to Rhode Island. We very much want It would have you. been really great. I mean, like, they really ruined my plans, too, to be honest. Uh, hello. No kidding. Anyway, so. Here we are. Oh. Westport, Massachusetts has this week-long, one-week-long, 30,000 books, book fair, used book fair. It's a fundraiser for the Westport Quaker Friends Meeting Society. Listen, I have some. I don't know if that's the right the right order of those words, but sure. Quakers. I'm for Quakers, by the way. I think Quakers are the best. I personally am very for Quakers this week because I just read for the first time Flowers from the Storm. Oh my God. No, don't say anything because we're gonna do a deep dive. On we are gonna do a deep dive because it changed me. Yes. Okay. So Oh my god, you're different say. now. I'm different. You're a Kinsale fan. I'm I don't I I am still I don't know because I've never read any other Kinsale. You should read that. Um, I think it's For My Lady's Heart. It's yeah. like BDSM Quakers. I don't think it's Quakers. I think I it's think like it's medieval. Isn't that else. the one where it's all... Uh... Are Quakers medieval? They are not. No, they're not. They're alive we're gonna do, and listen, selling this books. This is why we're going to save all this for a different pod. We'll come prepared to talk about Quakers. But anyway, Quakers are the best. Like, they're, you know, they're, it's just great. We have this long talk about because there's an enormous, this really now I'm down a rabbit hole, a huge, bigger than any Black Lives Matter sign I've ever seen outside of New York City, like wrapping a building. Oh, and it's um, a Quaker. On the front lawn of this like tiny little meeting house in the middle of nowhere in Massachusetts by the sea. And listen, I'm for it. The Quakers are the best. Anyway. There we go. Okay. So here's what we are doing this week. Oh, okay. Because we haven't gotten there yet. I was going to tell you about the books I found, but all right. Oh, wait. you I've already gone. Oh, see, I thought you were planning to go. Oh, no. I oh, went okay. today. Okay. Tell Jennifer. Me. All right. I'm sorry. Tell me. Now I need to I know. Went, I went today. Hang on. I'm getting. I'm pulling up my list because I, I found the following items. I found a book by a man named Todd Strasser called How I Created My Perfect Prom Date. <laughs> but it was originally published as Girl Gives Birth to Own Prom Date. This sounds fascinating and strange. And when I posted it to my Instagram account, Ava Wilder was like, I loved that book. <laughs> I, I love kidding. it when that happens. Amazing. So listen, if you have a copy of Girl Gives Birth Their Own Prom Date or How I Created My Perfect Prom Date, Ava Wilder gives it her thumbs up seal of approval. There you go. Um, I also found a book by Faith Baldwin published in the 1930s called 24 Hours a Day. And the subtitle is, Can a Woman Successfully Be Both Wife and Employee of the Man She Loves? You know, a boss assistant romance in the making right there. Exactly. Exactly. Romance girlies from the 1930s. 
Kate Claiborne did respond to my Instagram post about this by saying, a wife really is an employee, though, to be honest. (laughs) Oh, God, that's so real. I found a Betty Neal's book called Three for a Wedding, uh, where a woman pretends to be her sister to get a job as a nurse in, like, a new hospital. And then, oops, (laughs) has to falls in love with a handsome doctor and then has to tell him after they are engaged that she's not her sister. Sure. Scandal. I found a romance novel cover of A Farewell to Arms. Can you see that? Oh, yeah. I can't see that. So that reader is really going to get a big surprise. So disappointed. They're going to be like, but this is about bullfighting. (laughs) Is that the one about bullfighting? I might be wrong. Uh, No, I think that's the one about World War I. Mm. I mean, aren't they all kind of about World War I, though? Isn't Um, that bullfighting? Aren't those the same? (laughs) This is why, you know what, what, saying shit like that is probably why they didn't let me into the war thing at Brown. You know what? But that is why Brown should have had you in because they could have set you straight a little bit there. Um, (laughs) You know what? I bet they let the guy who wanted to write about a farewell to arms in. Of course they did. Sure, It was definitely a man who wanted to write about a farewell to arms. Anyway, um, I found a hardcover version of the... uh, Judith McNaught, oh yeah, uh, Jude Devereaux, a gift of love anthology. Every longtime listeners know I love that, and I found a first edition with step back copy of Nine Rules to Break <gasps> and Romancing a Rake, and you, it was in pristine condition. You didn't have your own copy of that, is that not correct? I didn't, so I bought it for sixty cents. Perfect. Amazing. And guess what? I didn't get one. Pe- I didn't get one penny on the back end for that. No, no, so. no royalties, none. <laughs> The Quakers took my royalties. <laughs> you know what? The good for them. They deserve it. They deserve it. Anyway, that's my that's banter. That's my my addition for the, that the sounds, week. That sounds very fun. I need to, you know, there's a lot of used bookstores out in the suburbs that I've heard about that I never go to because I don't really go to the suburbs. And I was like, maybe that should be like something I plan, you know, just like get out of here, go to the go out to the suburbs and buy books with step backs. But then I think sure. about all the books I have and really feel like I don't need to be doing that. Yeah. It's a little overwhelming. I mean, what I'll say is that like I am the same way. I really think about used book used book fairs and like book fairs mm-hmm. and book sales and and I think like these are so great. I should go to tax sales more, like Right. Alexis Daria is always finding like cute, amazing finds like out in the wild. But the truth is, is that like I get overwhelmed. Yeah, me too. Like I know there are the people who like find original copies of the Declaration of Independence like at tag sales. Sure. And th- that will never be me. No, me neither. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, I feel the same way. So anyway, I don't know. I also feel like what I need is like a new shelving protocol. Like I really need. Oh, like the, I have boxes the and boxes. Decimal system. Yes, I have boxes and boxes of books that are kind of just like at this point, I was like, there's nowhere for them. So they can just stay in boxes for now. And I was like, I really need to figure this out. So anyway, one of these times, Little Romance is going to graduate from college and then I'm going to like buy bookshelves, everybody. because bookshelves are expensive and so is college so you have to you know you can only have one or the other you you can only you cannot have both that's how it works that's the rule but maybe that will give you time the time necessary to devise the procop decimal system sure there you go it's romance novels everybody (laughs) almost i mean yeah but how do you sort romance novels is a good question how do you how do you keep them organized this is like a fun project it really is because, you know, you go the Linda. Um, yes, by color. 
My Linda brain doesn't has, work that way. A lot of people do this rainbow thing, which is very, I mean, visually appealing. It's but beautiful. How do you find anything? I don't, yeah, my brain doesn't work that way. I also don't, I, I don't know how I could split up books in a series. Like think uh-huh. about, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like Wicked and the Wallflower is not next to Brazen and the Beast. I don't, yeah. my, my brain, I have McRee yeah. brain. And then also you couldn't be sort of a real completist in that case unless you had some sort of alternate system because if you wanted to make sure you had, say, every Lorraine Heath novel. Right. You'd how have would to you have, know? Well, you'd, you're devising your own Dewey Decimal System. I have no idea. And then what if you were collecting like multiple, like what if you were a super fan of, say, Christina Lauren? Sure. Then you'd be really screwed because what do you do about like multiple versions of the same book? It's too much. Too, too much. much. Anyway, if you are out there and you have a good romance novel filing system, we definitely want to hear about it. I definitely do want to hear about it. Okay. So now what are we doing today? Oh, okay. Many minutes later. We are talking about summer reads. Now, was it earlier this year? We did like a spring, yeah, spring. like a spring roundup. Like here's what's coming out. And it's a popular episode. People like it because they're kind of sometimes discovery is really hard, right? So, right, and you don't know who's coming. You don't know what's coming that's new. You don't know who. Right. You, and especially now, because we've talked about this before, but there really is no central location anymore. I know. I know. Why isn't there? It's really upsetting. So what we have is, now I think we, I have a big list. Some of the books I have read and some I haven't. They're just like authors I really like or books that are on my list. Or things I'm kind of looking forward to, but I might not have read yet. And we basically, for me, these are books that essentially came out between like the end of May and Labor Day-ish. I think I have one that's like a little past Labor Day. Um, So really like summer releases is kind of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then I organized my list into groups because I always think that's funny. Oh, see. All right. A funny way to talk about them. So I did not. I also have, I did the first part, but not the second. Well, maybe some of your books will fit into my groups. You want to hear my groups? Yeah, I do. This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by Alexander Harvey, author of The Duchess Games. Jen, this poor man, the Duke of Tremaine, (laughs) he has got to marry... No choice, I'm sure. His mother is being a real pill about it. (laughs) And she's like, Callum, if you can't get yourself married, I am going to have no choice but to set up a competition of sorts between all the eligible ladies in London who are desperate to be duchesses, where they come and display their accomplishments in dancing music, pianoforte, the languages, whatever things that they're coming for. Um... And Callum, I guess, is just sort of fine with this or probably not fine with it, but, you know, has no choice because his mother sounds like a real pill. Um, But enter Catriona Sparrow, who just has no plans to show off her skills, which are actually more in the realm of animal husbandry and singing sea shanties um, and less in the realm of, you know, Mozart. But she uh, turns up and she is looking to just steal the Duke's signet ring, get her smuggling operation off the ground, and <laughs> save her village from ruin. So Katrina has plans. Um, 
what she does not want is for anyone to remember that one summer long ago, she and Callum, the new Duke of Tremaine, had a very memorable time. And she remembers every minute of it. And she wonders, does he? So here we are. She's not Duchess material, but she just might be the perfect, perfect match for him. Amazing. You can find the Duchess Games in print, ebook, or audio, or with your monthly subscription to Kindle Unlimited. Thanks to Alexander Harvey for sponsoring this week's episode. Wedding season. Oh boy. Soccer. Because it's the Women's World Cup. Soccer! Exclamation point. Exactly. (laughs) A younger man. Uh, We meet again. Paranormal. Some of them are kind of enemies to lovers, kind of normal. Okay. Witchy. Retellings. Like, they're not, like, super. Wow. All right. Well, now I have to rethink. But yes. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Well, I think we should start. Well, we should end. I I have a request. Yes. What is Can we end with soccer? Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I was like, we should either start or end with soccer, I, I feel. Okay. I think we should start with weddings. Here's why. Don't you just feel like there's so many fucking weddings in the summer? There are so many. There are. And it feels like this year there are a lot more than usual. And I think it's because people like mm. were storing up the party. Got it. Okay. All right. I got it. Um, and I think the other thing I like about this category is it has both contemporaries and historicals in it. Okay. Right. Oh, my God. I have two weddings. See how I just intuitively understood. Oh, my God. You totally. Listen, I knew you're the Kermit. I'm the Fozzie. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes Today. it's the other way around. Okay. Um, one of the ones I'm very much looking forward to is called Secrets to a Southern Wedding by Cynthia Williams. This oh, is, you love her. I You're really do like love her. Stan. Yes, I really am. I love it. But this is one of my, like, favorite types of tropes, which is, uh, in this case, the heroine, the heroine, their parents are getting married, and she doesn't want it, and he is like, you are not going to ruin my father's happiness. And then All right. the two of them fall in love. And also, I have a feeling things are going to work out with these parents. But I was like, that's like a really good, that's like a fun thing to me. We've been talking offline about like grandparents or like people's parents in books. But I feel like this is like a really fun setup, right? Mm-hmm. So that is one that I'm- I really love that. You know, it's interesting because I just heard about a different a historical parent trap novel that's not out for a while. So I'm not going to talk about it today. But I, I like this because I feel like this is the way that I want, you know, your pet peeve. And we discovered a lot of people don't have your pet peeve about. They do not. They don't care at all. Cultural touchstones, which is totally fine. But I was thinking how this is the way I want cultural touchstones to be brought back into media. Like I want them to be like, let's talk about the parent trap, but let's do it in a new, interesting, different way. Yes. Yeah. So I'm in. Yeah, I agree. And I also think, um, I think one of the reasons like weddings is such a fun setting in a romance novel is that it really forces people to think about their feelings about love, right? And partnership. So you're already like front loading in all of the like baggage that everybody brings to the table when it comes to I'm going to a wedding, right? So I love it. Yeah, I think it sounds awesome. This one does not come out until I feel like I kind of meant to look. Maybe when I put these all on 
on the thing. It'll be like by when they actually are released. Because some of these, of course, are not out yet. This is not out yet till August 15th. All right. Well, so let's do, I'm going to do one that is out then. Okay. How about that? Perfect. All right. I'm going to start with uh, Lorraine Heath. Ooh. A classic. Beta Maid's classic. Yes. Lorraine Heath has a new book out, of course. She has a new book out every like seven or eight months. The n- most recent one is is uh, The Notorious Lord Knightley. Mm. And here's the setup that I really, I mean, I really love it. It came out last week of June, so it's out now. And the premise of this book is Lord Knightley and Lady Regina, Lord Knightley is an earl, were engaged. They were supposed to get married. They got themselves like right down to the altar. Oh boy. And he jilts her. Oh, the hero. For like a deeply questionable reason, but that's fine. It's romance reasons. Literally. And, but he jilts her hard. And then she decides because a girl should have hobbies to take revenge. Yeah. Basically spend the rest of her days okay. taking revenge. I want to read this so immediately. She does, um, she writes anonymously a very scandalous book. I know this is going to scratch a lot of different issues from her, for historical writers. Um, she writes a scandalous book where the hero, Lord K, is villainous and does lots of like villainous, scandalous things. And of course, she's written in anonymously. So her like, it's very clear to everyone in London that like this book is obviously about Lord Knightley, but who could possibly be writing it? And he, of course, immediately knows. Sure, of course. Who is writing it. And he will have none of this um, because he, she doesn't understand that he jilted her for honor. I have questions. And so she's like, no, fuck you. I'm revenging you. I'm busy revenging over here. <laughs> um, of course, it's Lorraine, so the emotions are all dialed up to 11. There is, is it a spoiler? That's kind of a spoiler. There is like a very great trope that lots of you love in the midst here related to babies. Mm. And so there is a lot to love here. You know, you know when you walk into Lorraine Heath's book that there's just going to be a lot of like high emotion. There's going to be some really solid heat. It's going to be a little bonkers. She doesn't shy away from any single trope at all. And she is one of my like go-to summer. It's not summer without the new Lorraine Heath. Yeah, no, that's so perfect. Okay, I also have a historical that sounds like a real banger. Okay, and it is called, hold on, let me get this What's a Duke Got to Do With It by Christina Britton. And in this one. Oh, I like one, Christina's books a lot. Yeah, no, me too. And in this one, it starts off with our heroine, who is Katrina Denby, who finds a body in her garden. <laughs> and it oh, is. That's okay. inconvenient. <laughs> it is. It is. And it's, to make matters worse, the man who ruined her three years earlier. Right? Oh, and no. And so she's like basically like this MFR she's has like, now ruined me twice. Yeah. Now I'm going to be possibly a murderer. Right. So now, meanwhile, her first love, Sebastian Thorne, the Duke of Ramsley, shows up. Mm-hmm. And he is drowning in debt and has to marry somebody. 
So these two essentially hatch a marriage of convenience, right? Where he's yep. going to save her from the scandal and she's going to, you know, shovel money into his bank account. But I was like, listen, a historical that starts with a dead body. That's McLean. That's like some. Oh, McC- I mean, that is. Yeah. Right? So McLeaning. Was, yeah, sure. Already I liked it. I was like, this sounds amazing. So I'm that's for it. What's a Duke got to do with it? That one's came out July 11th. Oh, so nice. That just that's out like this week. I'm going to get it right yeah. now. Perfect. Okay. I and I have, I'm looking for great historicals always over always. here. Okay. I have one more wedding one. You have another wedding one. I do. I might have two. I'm sort of like quietly thinking this through as you talk. So hang on. Okay. I have a fake engagement, which I guess is sort of like a wedding. Same thing. Fine. Uh, And it's also a historical. Look at us. We're just Mm -hmm. front-loading all the historicals. Um, Harper St. George's final book in her Gilded Age series, The Duchess Takes a Husband, is out. Uh, This this is out already. Okay. And this one is for anybody who likes a fake engagement and sex lessons. (laughs) Who doesn't like those things? Listen. I mean, sex lessons, all you have to do is say sex lessons to me and I'm in. So, okay, Camille, Duchess of Hereford, um, is a widow, but no one, she's, she's, everybody thinks she's just like outrageous. She's basically a social pariah. She is American, first of all, which is not great when you're a widow because they, they suffered you when you were married to an Englishman, but now you're just like, sure. Oh, weirdo (laughs) so anyway so she has she's got some questions that relate to sex because her duchess her her first marriage was not like the most you know put together marriage let's say in the bedroom and um she so she seeks out the illegitimate son i love it it of an earl who jen of course co-owns a sex club of course in London, because that's what all illegitimate sons do in all of romance. That's their only that's, job. You've got one job. Is, you're born, you're born <laughs> illegitimate, but you do inherit a sex club always. <laughs> so, so she goes to him and she says, I need sex lessons. And he says, well, that's really interesting because I need the investment and support of a group of backers, of financial backers, who really will take me much more seriously if I have entree into society. So what if, in turn for your sex lessons, we just pretend for this one kind of season that we're going to get married? And that way that gets me into all of, you know, your corners of London and uh, it gets you into all of the corners of my bed. (laughs) <laughs> yes and uh it goes on from there Perfect. and listen harper st george is great she's really great and so if you're looking for it this whole series is the fourth it's the final book in a series it's gilded age so it's victorian um and there are a bunch of americans involved and it's really fun super fun okay i have one more wedding one but then i could maybe go back to sex club but i want to do this wedding one cuz oh this sex club sure sounds okay. really fun so this is or maybe just a club okay um this book is called new adult by timothy J- janofsky 
Um, this is oh, someone. Oh, I love him. I met him. Yes. I met him like a couple months ago and he was great. This book. Now, this is one of the ones I have not read yet. And I really cannot wait for it to come out or for their publicist call me to send me a copy. So this is 23-year-old Nolan Baker, who is basically just like super over like being young and not being able to like pay his rent and like dumb things like when you're a kid and when you're a young adult. And so he is like, I just wish I could like fast forward to being 30. And so he kind of makes a bunch of dumb decisions, including um, the day of his sister's wedding. Mm. He essentially gets asked to fill in a last minute spot for a famous comedian. He wants to be a comedian. So he stands up his best friend, uh, Drew, who is going to be his date. He blows off his sister's wedding. He pisses off his entire family and then just like, you know, has huge fights with everybody. And it's just awful. And then he like, boom, like magically wakes up at 30 and he's like missed these seven years. But he kind of can't figure out exactly what happened, right? Like, what? so it's got like a time travel aspect almost. So it's not a coma. No. <laughs> he literally, it's like, boom, seven years later. He like, it's like almost sounds like big. Like he wishes on these, mm-hmm. you know, makes a wish on these magical healing crystals, crystals, it says, to skip to the good part of life. And the thing he realizes is he's like, okay, I'm famous and I'm this amazing comedian, but my family won't talk to me. <gasps> My best friend, Drew, who I stood up at that wedding, w- w- is furious at me. And so he can't even really figure out, like, so he what. he has to piece it all together. Yes. Doesn't that sound amazing? Oh, that sounds great. I know. I, this is, like, a really smart, clever premise. I'm really excited about reading this one. And everybody I know says that these are great gay romances. They love them. Oh, well, and I can say I met him not long ago, and he was great. Yeah. Timothy. Yeah. Um. All right, I've got one more. Okay. Uh, Maureen, also historical. <laughs> Maureen Lee Lenker's It Happened One Fight. Perfect. Is also marriage adjacent. Um, so here's the cool thing about this. Maureen Lee Lenker, for those of you who don't know, um, works for Entertainment Weekly in real life. She's a huge romance fan. She writes the quarterly romance review column for uh, for. Entertainment Weekly, which you should absolutely be reading. She writes fantastic reviews. She has great taste in books. And I don't just say that because she seems to really enjoy my books. Um, But she's, I love this column. I trust Maureen's judgment. Like any, anytime one of these columns comes out, I read it immediately. Um, But she is really, I mean, she is over the moon for old Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Um, Nobody like, loves old Hollywood. If you have like any questions about old Hollywood, Maureen knows. So she wrote this book called It Happened One Fight, which is out now. Um, and it is basically, it's set, it's a kind of rom-com in the tradition of old Hollywood rom-coms um, with kind of two very strong actors in the lead. Um, and they are, they hate each other. They have Mm -hmm. immense on-screen chemistry, which we know, you know, anybody who pays attention to Hollywood at all, this is often the case when people really cannot stand each other. Yeah, they have great chemistry. They can't stand each other. And the premise of the book is so cute, so clever. They um, are in a movie together, a a romantic comedy, 
and they uh, get married on set in on film. Yes. Uh, and the person who marries them on film is a real priest. <laughs> I mean, this all just it gives it has a real like madcap romance re- reasons yes. vibe. And then um, they're like, "Oh shit, we We're are really actually married." married. Yeah. And they're and she, the heroine Joan, is like no effing way are we doing this right so the entire production picks up and moves to reno for a quickie divorce um and it is there's so there's you know this kind of movie going on there's this really um there's a through line of um sexism in hollywood which feels like simultaneously like really interesting historically and very powerful in a modern sense and then there are these two characters who are kind of accidentally married and uh, not so accidentally falling in love. This book also like really loves like all the parts that like make old Hollywood movies seem so funny and charming. Like, isn't there a part like I remember as a kid really thinking like the two single beds with like the curtain in between yeah. them. And yeah. like there's a lot of ways in which the this book like you see some of the things you saw in old movies, like in the book, like happening to Joan yeah. and Dash. It's really yeah. cute. Yeah. It's really very sweet. And if you have any interest in old Hollywood as a setting, you're going to really love this book. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. And also a historical that's not just, you know, right? An exactly. unusual historical, which we're always looking for here. Exactly. Okay. So. Here is, I said I'd do sex clubs next, or clubs, I guess. So another historical um, by Jess Everly is called A Rule Book for Restless Rogues. And what it is, is it's 1885. We have two men, David Forrester and Noah Clark. They've been best friends since boarding school. Um, Now Noah is like a Savile Row tailor. And David runs a queer sex club in London called... Oh, I would say the sly fox, but it's not the curious fox. And what happens is essentially, you know, like they're each like happy and doing their things. But then suddenly the owner who owns the club is going to like try and shutter it. And so David is really stuck. Like, what am I going to do? So Noah, essentially, because they're like besties, puts his whole career kind of on hold, help David um, but meanwhile, the two of them discover that they are more than just friends, that they are really in love, and the, like they're finally able to like explore these feelings that they have for each other. So this is part of the Lucky Lovers of London series. The first book was called The Gentleman's Book of Vices, and I liked it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. It is out already. Let me look at this date. Yeah, this one also came out July 11th. So this is one you can get now. And I think it's really fun, too, like... We've had Victorian romances, but 1885 is like a fun setting. And I really like this idea, again, of like kind of friends to lovers, right? So I don't have another sex club. I do have an I, Sloan yeah. book, though. Oh, well, there you go. And that always feels like sex club adjacent. Sure. <laughs> I know. Yeah. This week's episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by Lumi Labs, creators of the microdose gummies an entry-level amount of THC to help you feel just the right amount of good. 
Okay, listen, you've probably heard, uh, you've definitely, if you've listened to the podcast, heard us talk about this product, which we both use. Um, Generally, microdosing THC, uh, people do it for general wellness and performance enhancement. They do it for creative boosts and enjoying the moment and sleep and pain and anxiety. And some people do it as recovery from really, really strong workouts. Um, I myself was recently away for a week from here at a particularly challenging event. And I uh, use these gummies during the day to just like keep me uh, a little, uh, keep me from, say, losing my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, generally the Lumi Labs, Lumi Labs microdose gummies have been around here at Betamates for a while. And uh, we hope that you'll enjoy them too. You can learn more about them at their website, microdose.com and use the code FADEDMATES to get free shipping, and 30% off your first order. They come in a big variety of flavors. You can try the ones you like. I like the orange one and the cotton candy one. I think I had grape with me. Ooh, that's fun. So yeah, they're they're terrific. Give it a shot. I think it's a great product that we all really like and use. So full Faded Mate seal of approval. (laughs) Um, Thanks as always to Lumi Labs for sponsoring this week's episode. Um, I have not read this one yet because it's not uh, out yet. And Nikki has forgotten to send it to me, obviously. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that, it must just be an oversight on her, on her part. Sure. <laughs> um, but uh, you all know we love Nikki Sloan here at the pod. The Good Girl is coming mm. out. It is a best friend's little sister asks uh, the hero to... Um, make her bad (laughs) (laughs) i mean and he's like well i certainly can't have you asking other people to do this no i the best i can really do is do it myself like it would really just serve everyone (laughs) best but like let's keep it under wraps you definitely can't tell your brother slash my best friend, except, oops, we're falling in love. Um, that comes out August 29th, and we are keeping an eye on it here. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Nikki's and I'm fun. putting her into sex. I'm putting that into sex club book because sure. Nikki writes sex clubs, too. I mean, it just goes. I'm sure they clearly they're going to go to a sex club. I mean, <laughs> sex club adjacent. Sure. Um, OK, so I have a couple of categories left. I have Maine. The state. The, the state? Yes. It's not really a category. Come on, Jen. But I was like, how <laughs> weird that I have two different books that are set in oh, Maine. two of them. Exactly. All right. well, I mean, I like, guess it is a category. See, that's how I felt. Um, I also have a couple of... Um, you said you had witches. I have witches. I, I have, have a witchy one. Oh, I, okay. Well, and then... Oh, I have retelling. Were you going to talk about Zoraida's book? I was. Okay, because I have a retelling that could go along with that. I like right, made cool. a category for you because I figured right, you'd want to talk about cool. this book. Um, I'm not sure what category this fits in, but this is a book I am looking forward to reading. It is a Harlequin special edition. So it is a category romance. It is called, listen, I, I picked this because it has a great title. I'm not going to lie to you. It's called Home for the Hala Days. Get it? Oh, yeah. Right? I get it. I know. Part of me is like, you see a title like that, you're like, how has this not been done already? It comes out August 22nd. And this is a Sarah Abrams is going to go home for the high holy days. Um, and she's like, 
plans to marry her perfect on paper boyfriend. Unfortunately, who is she going to fall in love or who is she going to like run into is the her first love and the man who broke her heart, Aaron Listen, Isaacson. A classic Hallmark movie. Oh, yeah. Setup. I mean, absolutely. Right. And so I really like this whole idea of, you know, going home. I mean, you know, like going home, going home, finding out, you know, you're like. So I think that a lot of like my favorite books have this vibe of like, you know, I I'm just over it. So anyway, they team up together to fight an act of hate, it says. So I also really like a book that is like really on top of like, here's the world we live in. Um, and it turns out that they're going to have to forgive each other before they can make a new start. So yeah, Home for the Holidays. I Like you cannot literally get a better title than that. It's perfect. Adorable. Yes. And you really, a category romance always delivers. So that'll be a good Wait, one. Wait, so what was your category for that? It was it was part of a category called We Meet Again because I had a couple of like. All right, I got a second chance to go. All right, there you go. And it'll lead you into witches. Perfect. Um, okay, I want to talk about Angelina M. Lopez, who I feel like I just want to scream about to everybody all the time in their faces. Um, because as you all know, I loved her book After Hours on Milagro Street last year. I thought it was my it was possibly my favorite book of the year. This year, this summer, she's got Full Moon Over Freedom. Um, which is expected to publish September 5th. So this is my like nod to summer leading into that Labor Day week, yes. like you said. Um, and the premise is this. Uh, Gillian Armstead Bancroft uh, was once a wife, a mother, and a bruja. Um, and then when she leaves Freedom Kansas behind, she loses her magic like she can no longer be a witch yeah. anymore she doesn't have any magical life um and then she but she comes back to freedom kansas which is the sort of small town in kansas that angelina has been writing in for this series and she comes back with the intent of breaking the curse that she believes erased her magic um what's interesting is that in her hometown there is Nikki Mendoza, who uh, she lost her virginity to when they were Ooh. young and now has also returned home for one weekend. Serendipity is here. And um, he has also been plagued by uh, a kind of he has been haunted by the, a phantom black dog. <laughs> that is, and so he's back for like some magical realism bits too um but he's also loved her since the moment that they knew each other a million trillion years ago when they were kids it's a second chance angelina's books are flaming hot um they are she is so good at strong heroines who just are really like deeply misunderstood by the people around them and who have been hurt and who kind of lash out and then have to heal in order to love and not just love other people, but love themselves too. And I love, love, love this story. I love her core story and I'm very yeah. excited about this one. So that is full moon over freedom. Well, I think I have two September witchy books, so I will kind of just do them one after another. One is um, Meg Cabot has an entire oh, series, Meg. right? Called A Witches of West Harbor. The Witches mm -hmm. of West Harbor. And in the new one that comes out 
uh, September 5th, I think, is called Enchanted to Meet You. And in this one, um, a, a witch has to team up with a handsome stranger to protect her village from an otherworldly force. But it turns out that, like, so, okay, Jessica Gold, when she was a teenager, essentially, like, cast a spell that went really wrong and accidentally got herself banned from the World Council of Witches. Oops. Uh-oh. <laughs> so That feels like a like a ban that you really wouldn't want to. Yeah, no, it feels bad, right? So 15 years later, right, a tall, handsome man arrives, Derek Winters, from the World Council of Witches, and he's there to tell her that she's the chosen one. And so she has been essentially outcast from witches and, like, their society ever since this mistake she made as a teenager. And now they're kind of like, we want you as part of the club, right? Mm. So I think this is, like, really a fun setup. Um, I love the idea of, like, I don't know, the, the organization that scorned you shows up to tell you, actually, oops, we made a mistake. It's pretty I great. Love it. And so, you know, she has to figure out, like, can I trust Eric and we're going to combat this, like, big sinister thing trying to ruin the town or just, like, kind of do what's worked for her ever since that big mistake, which is, like, keep to herself and, you know, keep it safe. So Meg Cabot writes a really – I mean, I think a lot of our listeners have, like, have a lot of – Yeah, we right? grew up with Meg. Yeah, exactly. So this is, like, a fun series. And then the other um, book that is coming out is called Kiss and Spell by Celestine Martin. And the um, tagline on this is really funny. It says, falling in love can be a witch. (laughs) (laughs) Which made me laugh. And um, you've probably seen this cover. It's really cute. It's like the the couple are looking into each other's eyes soulfully over like a glowing like crystal glass. uh, Crystal ball. Yeah. And in this one, Ursula Carraway is just... You know, she's a Jersey Shore princess. I love it. (laughs) But a real live prince, Xavier Alder, shows up. But he's, you know, been cursed by a fairy queen. And um, he needs someone to help him essentially, like, uh, break this curse. And he thinks that she's the one to do it. But they have to have – there's a curse-breaking kiss. Hello. By midsummer that has to happen. And they have to figure out how to break this curse and, you know, not ruin the world or whatever. Or New Jersey. So. Or, or New Jersey. I mean, nobody wants it. to do that. So I thought that's those two look really, really cute to me. So cute. All right. Um, I have tons of second chances. Oh, okay. You want to do more? Or you want to do Zoraida? Yeah, let's do retellings. I mean, it's not a it's not a witch book. Um, That's fine. Yeah, I've done my witches. I'm done with witches. Okay, so let's do retellings. I have two retellings. Okay, I've so one. Now you have me thinking about categories. Okay. Um, the first one is Zoraida Cordova's. This one's out August 1st, so very soon. Uh, Zoraida Cordova's Kiss the Girl, which is the third in the Meant to Be series, which is the new Disney line of, I, th- I guess we would call them new adult. Like if we, they're if definitely new adult. I think if yeah. you've been around for a long time, this is the category that I would put, I would have put them in 10 years ago. Right. Um, they're basically just like young protagonists and they're contemporary retellings of famous Disney princess stories. Right. So this is a retelling. It's called kiss the girl. So it's a retelling of the little mermaid. Um, but uh, Zoraida has created Two bands or two rock stars is sort of a um, 
the first one, is, the, the main character, Ariel, uh, the heroine, is one of a kind of, she and six of her sisters. I love it. Have basically been in like the biggest girl band <laughs> of ever. They're managed by their kind of somewhat controlling, but very sweet dad. And um, they are, the book begins with their final show in Queens, New York. Um, and then this sort of sense of what will come next, what's coming next. And Ariel um, doesn't really know she, her, she's possibly the most famous of the seven. She's definitely the one that dad is sort of like putting all his eggs in the basket for. Mm -hmm. And she knows she's, she was supposed to get a year off after this. Like finally she would have a year to just be like a normal person. Yeah. Such as it is. And instead she finds out that her dad and her uncle have kind of like made a plan for her to like go off and have a solo career and she's sort of frustrated. And so she takes herself off to this small club in New York City that is kind of well known for featuring new up and coming acts that might just be the next big thing. Mm, cool. Enter Eric, uh, the lead singer of a new band that is about to start its first tour, like global tour. He's just coming out of his shell, so to speak, as a... As a musician, um, this is he's on the cusp of something huge, and she shows up, and he um, like there's this great meet cute where somebody is about to steal his guitar. He sets his guitar down on the street, and a thief comes and grabs it, and she runs after the thief, tackles the thief, <laughs> rescues the guitar, and he's like, "Oh my god." you're everything like you're Amazing. perfect but she's in disguise quote as like a normal person she doesn't <laughs> look like herself so she just gets to like be a normal person with him and it's magical and the whole thing is about just like little mermaid kind of identity and discovery of who you are and what you want and what the world can be when you're in love and it is really glorious and Zoraida was she says in, in a description of the book somewhere that she was meant to write this book. Amazing. And, uh, I love it. It really feels that way. So if you love a rock star romance, this is double trouble. Um, but also it's a retelling. So fun. And I think a really beautiful one. So I have, and I think I maybe mentioned this one before, so I will be fast. And it could have gone under weddings, but Marry Me by, Marry Me by Midnight by Felicia Grossman is a gender swapped Cinderella retelling. And in and it's awesome. It's so good. This is like one of those romances where, as you're reading, you're like, "How are these two ever going to get together?" I mean, like genuinely, I was like, "How is this going to work?" Because she is um, Isabella Lira is essentially um, her father has just died. He was a very powerful part of like the Jewish community of London, and he has like these. Um, essentially these like really scummy like business partners who are trying to now like cut her out of mm -hmm. like the business and like you know this kind of thing that she really has a right to and so um, her kind of unlikely ally in trying to find a new husband is Aaron Ellenberg he is the custodian at the synagogue and essentially just through like I don't know like the bad luck of his birth and the you know he doesn't really have a family the synagogue is like kind of gives him a job, but he really doesn't have like a real place in mm -hmm. the community the same way because of his, you know, uh, like just a lot of complicated reasons. 
And so, you know, he just kind of like skulks around in the background and kind of observes and sees a lot of what's going on. But like, can a, can an heiress really end up with an orphan? You know, I mean, so oh, it I really love that class is different story. Yeah, exactly. And the whole thing about like these like bad guys and how they are really trying to like cut her out and and but more than that, even it's not really about the money. It's really about her father's legacy. Right. Like they mm-hmm. want to like, you know, she knows her father deserves to be remembered for the great man that he was. So it's really like getting at like family. And of course, you know, Aaron doesn't have a family. So it's so it's really terrific. I think this is one of the best romances I've read this year. It's really good. Great. I can't wait to read it. Yes. My other retelling is Much Ado About Nada by Uzma Jalaluddin. It also came out mid-June. Um, and it is a persuasion retelling. So those of you who are big Austin fans and who love persuasion, this one is for you. Nada is nearly 30. Um, and she is all of Uzma's books are set in the Golden Crescent neighborhood of Toronto. She lives at home with her family and, of course, gets a lot of like, Nada, when are you going to get married? When are right. you going to blah, 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 right? Um, but she's an engineer. And she has started, um, also Uzma's books all have this like kind of touch of technology. They, they sort of explore this, this world of technology and courtship that is really interesting. Um, that was the case with her last book, which we uh, read, or was it her last book? I guess it was, um, yeah. which, we, which we did a deep dive on. Why am I drawing blank on the title of that book, Jen? Because I'm Sarah, but. I know. Well, now you're Hanukkah. Hanukkah carries on. (laughs) I was like, now that I can't think of it either. The pressure. So that one is about podcasting. This one, uh, Nada is a uh, an engineer, a software engineer, and she's created an app um, that has not been very successful. But she's sort of in. So she's in a funk, and her best friend is basically like, "Listen, we got to get you out of this funk. Come to this conference and meet my best. Meet my." Uh, fiance they, they haven't met yet okay so she goes with her best friend to meet her fiance this is such a persuasiony thing and it turns out her fiance's brother baz is there and what no one knows no one at all knows is that nada and baz have a past Ooh. and it's some it's a very very big secret um but of I course the moment they meet up the past comes just hugely back to nada and they have this one final opportunity where she can kind of lay herself bare tell baz the truth tell him how she feels he can do the same and they can possibly have a future together or not um one thing that i will say i think uzma is a tremendous tremendous writer i think her voice is so powerful and it's so like we are so lucky to have her in romance right now the thing that i think she does absolutely the best is these books are so funny yeah she is so clever her characters are so crisp the dialogue is so like tight and the the you know every one of the other other family members in this book is just hilariously funny and it's a this book is a real joy I blurbed it for, I, you know, they sent it to me early and my yeah. my I, I my quote is on the cover and I really, really love this book. And uh, if any of you are just looking for 
Just a magnificent beach read. This one's it. So fun. Okay. I have two books that are uh, with a he's a younger man. Ooh. I know. I was like kind of surprised. This this one just came to me. So I'll just talk about them together. I don't know. I mean, maybe you have one. Um, one is actually one I think a lot of people are kind of talking about. It seems to be picking up a fair amount of buzz. It's called The Art of Scandal by Regina Black. And in this book, um, Rachel Abbott, on the night of her husband's 40th birthday, um, gets a like a a dick pic from him, like an explicit text from her husband, right? Uh-huh. And she basically realizes it's not for her. <gasps> I know. And so they are going to be on the superhighway to divorce town. But he is in politics and he has his eyes on a big political career. And so they essentially and it's his the middle of his reelection campaign. And so like now is not the time for them to go through a messy divorce. So they get a deal. Right. He's going to basically pay her off. So that she is not going to like walk away with nothing and she'll get the house. Right. And then she just has to be like kind of keep playing and like in the blurb, it's like really explicit. Like her job is to be like the beautiful black trophy wife. Right. And Mm. then what happens is she meets Nathan Vasquez, a very handsome, very young 26 year old artist. And so she is Get like, it, girl. Exactly. Right. And so one of the things that's really cool is it brings back her interest in art that she'd sort of like really kind of forgotten or stopped thinking about during her marriage. And so like this is, you know, a whole thing about art and scandal and like what you do when you're trying to find yourself again. And it just sounds awesome. So that one comes out August 1st. And then the other one is a category romance. Uh, it's another Harlequin special edition called Her Younger Man by Shannon Stacy. And in this one, um, Laura is like kind of, oh, she's a widow, Laura Thompson. She works at the family business. You know, this is like real like Harlequin, like small town. Everybody's real nosy, all that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. she falls in love with Riley McLaughlin, who is, um, like, a young, new employee. But also, he is friends, I believe, with her son. Oh. Oh. Right? Now, I'm not. That's a lot. I know. Now, I'm not really (laughs) sure that I have that right. Because you know how sometimes, like, it can be a little confusing. So I'm going to apologize right here if I'm getting that wrong it might just be that he's younger right and actually you know what I oh yeah no it is Laura's son okay I was like wait is that right um so there's only like a you know a decade between them he's not actually like her son's age but um you know so anyway yeah yeah it sounds really interesting and I feel like you know category romance is the if you want something real tropey right category is going to sure. deliver. So I think that's going to be a really fun one too. And I just thought it was really cool that there are like a couple of these, like she's with a younger man stories out there in the world, literally coming out within a week of each other. I love it. All right. What else do you have left? Soccer. I have one soccer. I have, okay. I have another one too that I can talk about, but if oh, I, I, have, and I have to do Maine. I still have to do Maine. Wait, did you say you have books set in Maine? I, I do. As your category. I do. Well, all right, sure. I have, I will admit to everyone, I've never been to Maine. This is one of my 
it's fine. We're going to do it next summer with the Rhode Island. We're going to yes. do a whole New England that thing. That whole, it, like, there's like two pockets of the country I have not been to. And it's like that little upper pocket. Is it all of New England? I have, have you never been to Massachusetts? I've been to Massachusetts, but that's it. I've not been to Vermont or New Hampshire or Maine or Rhode Island. And you broke your arm in Connecticut. So sure New did. England is not really showing great right now. It's all right. It's okay. That was we my fault. We have to fault. do a little better. And then the other pocket I'm missing is like the upper like mountain west like i have not been to montana or the dakotas or wyoming okay but that's it i think otherwise well, i can't I help one. you with those but i can help you with new england two books set in right. maine um one is i actually i worked on this book as an editor it's called the best crew by phoebe powers and what is i thought was really cool about this book is it is all about sailing and i know nothing about sailing and so it was okay. like a really fun like book to kind of read too and so basically valerie harding is uh like a, a really great sailing teacher she loves being out on the water um but she's also like real stubborn and she just like doesn't want to do it and you know she's like i'm gonna do it my way and um Samuel Parsons is like a friend of the family and he's there for the summer and um, they essentially agree to like be partners in this big like sailing regatta a race I don't know that happens a regatta is correct that is the correct word but I think it happens like there's a couple different like weeks like right like Mm -hmm. there's several Mm -hmm. different weeks of this and um, it's really funny everyone calls her hardcore harding (laughs) But, like, no one will agree to be her partner in this race except Sam. So they are – and he, like, really doesn't know what he's doing. So she is, like, sort of teaching him as, you know, but she's like, I just need someone else to be on the boat or whatever. Um, I thought it was a really, really great um, romance. And I also really thought it was – one of the things I really liked about it, it's a novella. So it's only about 200 pages. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like – for me, sometimes in the summer, I just want to read things that are, like, kind of short, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be, like, bogged down. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, boom. And so, I don't know. This book, to me, it was, like, a very summery. Like, just reading it felt like summer. Everything that happens, um, I thought it was really terrific. So if you, like me, know nothing about sailing, you should enjoy that. And then the other one is a series, again, of novellas by Chelsea Cameron. <gasps> I love Chelsea Cameron. We all love Chelsea Cameron. And this is called Love in Vacation Land. It's been like kind of one. These are also novellas, which is great. Wait, so it's like an anthology. It's like a collection. No, what it is is like one came out in May. One came out in um, July or is coming out in July. And then the third one comes out in September, like right after. Oh, um, I love it. And and it's really cute, the premise, and they're all they're all pretty short. They're all novellas. So basically in the first one, Farah tells her closest friends that they should all go to Maine for a month and they don't know how it's gonna work, right? They're just gonna get a cottage on the beat beach and get away from their life. And then what happens is they all end up falling in love over the course of the three books. So the first one is Farah falling in love with Spencer. Um, that one is called Another Chance at Love. The second one is What Are the Chances? And in that one, Colette is one of the friends, right? And she's basically like, I'm just going to keep my head down. But she runs into her 
high school ex's little sister. Oh, boy. I know. So that's pretty great setup, right? So essentially, I think that's really cute. And then in the third book, which is called Not a Chance, um, that one comes out and is like the third friend. So I thought that was like a really cute way to do it is to essentially like tee up like the vacation and then have like the books come out every like every couple months of like the whole story. Maine. I think that's really charming. And it's set in Maine. Set in Maine. So there you go. Okay. All right. And then I think the only thing left on my list is soccer. Soccer. I have a soccer too. Go for it. Well, um, Elena Armas, who many of you know about from the Spanish love deception, which sort of was a juggernaut, what, last year or the year before, um, is releasing her next book, which is called The Long Game. And it features uh, a soccer player, the daughter of a soccer team owner. So the the premise of this is um, the heroine, whose name is Adeline, um, is has worked for the uh, Miami, the Miami Flames football club mm-hmm. for her whole life because her father owns it. But she's also like deeply passionate about soccer um, because for a confluence of embarrassing reasons, she gets herself shipped away from Miami to North Carolina, where her father has asked her to turn around a struggling local soccer team that is also sponsored, that he also sponsors. Of course, when he gets there, turns out the Green Warriors are um, not, in fact, a soccer team in the way that we think of them. They are a group of nine-year-old girls who <laughs> are just chaos. Amazing. Which is very, like, if you like kids and you're, some people don't like kids in their romances, I don't think you can escape them in this one. Um, to be, and the, and so she gets there and she's like, what even is happening? But her dad's like, this is the job that you have to do in order to win your way back to Miami. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, also in town, because uh, this is obviously what happens in a small town romance, um, a goalkeeping prodigy from a soccer, like professional soccer playing, like superstar happens to be in town, um, for kind of some questionable reasons like no one really knows but you know it don't worry about it (laughs) um and so she um but of course these two can't stand each other they get themselves into a predicament um and while he is the sort of logical person to come help her coach these nine-year-olds um the real question is like how will they ever stand looking at each other um elena armis writes a kind of very long like a slow burny mm-hmm. book this is great if you love a slow burn if you're into soccer right now because you like us have just watched a lot of ted lasso and are looking for soccer books this one's for you and it comes out september 5th and you can come if you're in or around new york city Elena and I are doing an event on September 5th at Fun. the Barnes & Noble in Union Square. Um, I, too, have a book out this summer. And we could talk about that when Jen is done talking, talking about, about her. Yes, because yeah, that's what we're going to end, of course. Okay. I, as you may or may not know, everybody, the Women's World Cup is happening starting, I think, next week. Oh, can week. I tell you a story? Yes. I was at lunch today in the middle of nowhere. And uh, the booth behind us, the dad and his two sons were sitting at the table 
And the dad was schooling them about how great women's soccer is. And I was like, this man just doing the job, doing the work. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So So that's going to be like really exciting. And so I think that is the reason why there's been a lot of like women's soccer books this series or this Mm -hmm. summer. So um, a couple that I have there, Liz Lincoln who is a huge soccer fan because I follow her on Twitter, has a series called the Milwaukee Soccer Club. And there are Mm -hmm. three books in that series and they're all out. And the first one, Scoring a Spouse, um, the uh, Erica Parker Wald has a, is about to head off to the World Cup where she's like got it in her sights when she's diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and essentially enters into a marriage of convenience um, to get us to get healthcare, right? Perfect. Which is what happens in meeting her match, which is a soccer enemies to lovers romance. We have U.S. soccer player Lauren Vorsky. Um, they had a smoking hot fling, but now he is her new head coach, and Ooh. he has just cut her from the World Cup no! team. Exactly. So he had really had, oh, like, crushed that is her dreams. Brutal. I know that sounds amazing. Um, and then loving a keeper is soccer player Rose Oliveri has been in love with goalkeeper Cassie Dickinson for years, right? So what is going to happen? And meanwhile, Cassie has sworn off romance for good. She's had a string, actually two broken marriages. Mm. And so she and Rose are like really like she's just like not even really looking for love in that place. So there's that. Um, Amazing. Another book that I'm looking forward to that comes out next week is called Onside Play by Liz Rain. Um, I believe Liz is Australian. And in this case, it is also the World Women's World Cup. And we have Australian Keely McGee, Keely, love it, who is living mm-hmm. her childhood dream of playing soccer at the World Cup. But she has the hots for beautiful, brilliant Christine Delacourt, the college girlfriend who dumped her and who is now the cool and dispassionate striker for the u.s team (gasps) so you've got like women's world cup yeah exactly and then coming out i haven't read it much like later in september uh, past our summer deadline so i'll just mention it is meryl wilsner's cleat cute which i'm sure we've all seen the cover um and it's a great title so that one comes out and that is also about two teammates on the women's national team grace henderson who is um only 26, but she's sidelined with an injury when a young new upstart, Phoebe Matthews, takes her spot. So there's lots of like kind of tension because they have the same, they play the same position, I guess. Right. And then there's one, There, Charlotte Stein has soccer coming, but that's not until next year. Yeah. So we'll wait. All right. <sighs> Sarah. Jennifer. You have a very important summer release coming i do on august 22nd you can read the third book in my hell's bell series knockout featuring imogen spelled with a g but canonically with a j for jen imogen yes imogen (laughs) and uh detective inspector thomas peck who is having a very bad day You know, if you gave Imogen a soccer ball, she would make a bomb out of it. It's fine. She would. She would. <laughs> she knows how to blow everything up. Um. Anyway, I will obviously be talking more yes. about this book as we move forward. But um, I am very proud of it because I think it's extremely so fun. fun. It's I think so it's fun. a bop. It's a bop. Um, 
And I think that if you're looking for a book that will just like be entertaining from beginning to end, um, this one might be it, or at least entertain. It might be worth, it might be worth the, you know, $8. Um, the, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, we have ta- one thing I do want to say, and it's a question that's come up on the discord. We have a discord. If you want to join it, you can go to fatedmatesnet slash Patreon and learn all about it. But one of the questions that's come up on the discord a couple times is what's the value of pre-ordering books? What's the value? What format should you pre-order in? My answer is format doesn't matter, but pre-orders actually do. And it sucks. We hate having to ask for them, but we've talked about a bunch of books today that are not out yet. And if any of them have sounded like they might be really fun, you might like to give them a try and you're willing to buy them. um, Pre-ordering does is the best way to support a book and an author before the book comes out um, because publishers and most importantly, booksellers pay attention to what gets ordered. Um, And unfortunately that is part of the game. So um, if you're up for pre-ordering or an accounts, if you like put in a hold at your library, that's also pre-ordering. Yes. You don't have to spend money, um, but talking about books before they come out and uh, placing orders for them before they come out, unfortunately is a real thing. Yeah, it really is. So, um, Sarah, the other exciting thing you have going on is your con- you can people can sign up for your conflict class. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, all these things. Um, if you are a writer and interested, if you're writing romance novels and you like me, uh, think conflict is very important. Uh, if you like Jen, think conflict is very important in a book. Um, I'm teaching my conflict class in August. And it's a week-long online class. You get a two-hour presentation from me. You get access to a Discord for the whole week where um, I talk about different aspects of conflict. We answer questions. We talk. We deep dive on conflict in you know particular books that that I think do it really well. And then uh, there is a live uh, author Q and A panel with Adriana Herrera, Joanna Shoup, and um, Amanda Sinelli is joining me this year. Oh, that's a great um, person to have it. Do it. About Amazing. how you write conflict into books, internal conflict, external conflict, how you layer it, um, how you make pages turn. So yeah. um, I think this is, I used to give this class every year at RWA. RWA doesn't you know, really happen as much anymore. I don't go to it. Um, and so this is my way of doing it and I'm giving everybody, you know, access to the, to the class, um, and to this conversation about conflict that you and I have almost all the time. Week, but, yeah. Right. Um, you know, it's specifically for writers. So you can learn more about that at my website, sarahmclean.net and, um, yeah, links are in show notes. Thanks Jen for letting me, you know, sell my stuff. Well, you know, I have a lot of editing clients and I am often like, you should everyone should take if you want to write romance like you should take this class so um and i think we've had you know it's on the discord a lot of people are like i took it it was amazing and it's also an opportunity to meet other new romance writers and returning romance writers like some people take it who have right we talked i think i talked about this on one of the most more recent episodes but one of the big losses of rwa is community like finding other writers um, so I was actually really delighted on the Discord that somebody was like, oh, not only did I take the class and then learn a bunch of stuff, but I also met other writers and now we have a writing group. Right. Um, so come meet friends and hang out and talk about romance novels with me. Well, 
Thanks everyone for listening. This has been our summer romance recap, which I hope has totally filled your TBRs. It's filled mine. Exactly. Exactly. And thanks to Lumi Labs and Alexandra Harvey for sponsoring this week's episode. We hope to hear what you're reading this summer or let us know if there's things you're looking forward to. And we'll see you again next week. 